Hello, and welcome to Farmers Capital Conversations. I'm your host, Casey Silveria. This podcast aims to expand your social, intellectual, and economic capital. Investing on and off the farm is hard enough. Here, we will provide insightful stories and resources to help out. Full transparency, this is our shameless way for you to like us and hopes you partner with us down the road. Lastly, there are no ads here. All I ask is you enjoy and share if you find value. Now, on to the episode. I think like people could sell themselves and the way to sell themselves better is just offer value and people need to learn how to offer value. So I offer value and so like I insulate my clients so much from risk that like they don't, it would be silly to work with someone else in my opinion. And I offer so much value and ciliary value because I can help lift them up and all these other things because I'm thinking all the time. Like if you told me one of your problems, like I'd probably stew on it and come to you with a few, like maybe solutions or whatever. Hello, hello, everyone. Today we have Rob Bergeron on the show. Excited to have you here, Rob. Thanks for having me. So, Rob, this is a hilarious bio. I got to read it. Um, Rob Bergeron plants seeds into real estate investments. He, he is a problem solver specializing in helping out out of state investors invest in Kentucky. His seed is now an abundant tree where Rob reaps its fruits through investing in multiple Airbnbs and properties. He also owns the Louisville Network, which helps clients unload their assignable contracts and source them. Still, with all of the success, Rob still prefers a cheap and comfortable life and just focuses on powering himself. Stay tuned and be empowered. That, was wow. <laughs> that is quite the about I, I don't think I wrote that or um, maybe I had my admin like write that because it was that was really good. I, I didn't write that. Solid. But it was it's even better that like um your niche is like tailored to farmers, like planting seeds. That's incredible. That was perfect timing. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, we're trying to help farmers. You're trying to help your clients. Yeah. So Rob, excited to have you on the show. We were just talking a little bit, shooting the shit earlier about business ideas. Rob and I seem like we have similar minds in a lot of ways, but Rob, I'm super excited to have you, you know, tell your story. So where where'd you get started? Well, <laughs> I mentioned in our earlier call, um, you know, I lived in Iowa for a little bit and it was so depressing. I was in charge of like sales and marketing for like a retirement community. And I was supposed to go to like a suburb of Chicago after college, but they put me in Iowa. And so I lived in a retirement community at like age 24 and it was so depressing. But I learned um, like some structure in my life and systems and um, how to handle rejection. And um, then I learned how like to deal with death, like old people just die. I would wind their clock and they die the next day. It'd be like crazy. Um, but I was really good at like at connecting and like kind of selling like, you know, I'm good at the understanding of real estate. And like, I guess it's weird. I Until I became an agent, I didn't re- reflect on like my family's lineage. Like my um, great grandfather was like an architect with Frank Lloyd Wright. And he has a lot of famous stuff in Chicago. But here's a lesson. Frank Lloyd Wright would only get cash. Whereas uh, my great grandfather took stocks. And so when the great depression hit and the stocks tanked out, Frank Lloyd Wright remained relevant because he had money. Ah, Yeah. So there's a lesson there, you know, cash, cash in the hand is, it's not a bad position. Yeah. What are your thoughts on, um, the idea? Everyone says cash is king, but do you, would you prefer cash is queen compounding cash is king? I don't know. I don't know if I'm ever doing anything like perfectly right. Some, I just kind of do things how it like feels intuitive to me. Um, so like anytime we have any money, we, we're just throwing it into 
to deals. Like we're doing something. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, we bought our last two Airbnbs we bought were Airbnb investors. Um, I put 13,500 down. We, on those two properties, we'll have forced um, 300,000 of appreciation and they should gross 200,000 a year on two properties. So we're going to get lines of credits. I'm going to get my little 13,500 back, go recast it on something else. But we'll get lines on that and then go take down some bigger whales, like different projects, industrial franchises, whatever. Um, but it's a great, I mean, the burr, my license plate's burr, but like uh, the compounding with Airbnb is just like, it's really cool. I actually um, had a, a product to pitch. I, I did some, I looked around on the internet, found a deal that I thought might be interesting. It, it doesn't interest me because I don't have your client skill sets. Um, but for some people, like it might fit in. It's not my deal. So like someone else can get paid. Yeah. Off. Um, but it's a there's a horse farm with seller financing over by the Noah's Ark. You know, um, like, have you guys heard about Noah's Ark at all? Nope. OK, it's this like um, biblical size Noah's Ark, like made from like the specs from the Bible. OK. And it's in this place called like Williamsburg, Kentucky, and it's very religious. And they get a million visitors a year. That's seven thousand a day. But there's this horse farm that's available for one point one two five million. But it has horses boarded on the farm. So like I think the boarding of the horses would basically pay for the farm. You renovate the main house and make it into an Airbnb that's big, and then you put up a blitz barn and a restroom and have like a wedding venue. And I think this thing would, if you, and if you tailored it to the arc theme, you know, yeah, there's a demographic there. There's Uh, definitely a demographic there. Yeah. But I think, uh, I think there's a lot of value in like having a podcast like this and learning all this stuff because there's like, I don't know, depending on if like your kids like want to be farmers or whatever you're doing, like 1031 exchanges into assets that are more manageable, like might be really logical for a lot of farmers. Um, mm-hmm. if, like they want your kids not to just get a big like lump sum of money but want more continued active income like roll it over to multifamily that are easy to be managed by someone else like third party or like but like a farm you know if you don't have the people wanting to get that land or use the land you're kind of in a bind i mean i'll be it's mostly yeah. at that point but yeah, sharecropping is an interesting situation and structuring family business is always a complicated one. Well, I mean, here in Louisville, we're leaning into our lineage, right? Like we're, our bourbon industry is thriving. It's because we tied it to our downtown. So we have like an urban bourbon where you get like the general idea, you get the tasting, you know, you, you like a little bit grounded, but then you have the more larger experience outside of Louisville. So Airbnbs are popping up, like stuff like high-end dining, like with the fusions with bourbon. Like you could, there's a lot of mixed-use stuff that you could be doing to really generate income. I don't know. It seems like bourbon, bourbon. Any yeah. business ideas around bourbon? Well, sure one of my buddies, he's kind of a big wig over there, and I've been wanting a bourbon, uh, like Airbnb, for the last like three years. But we kind of go where the deal is, and it's been a lot of lake houses. Um, and so we haven't done the Airbnb, but I want to use his expertise, create a more like art artisanal experience, get a lot of the free trash keys and stuff that he can get. That's like kind of neat for the decor and just make it clean and smell good and like feel lived in. And I think it, it would do really well. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely hitting the niche. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the cool thing is a lot of the work's being done for us because the bourbon industry is spending so much money on marketing. Like the city of Shelbyville here, um, which is like a rural, really nice, cute rural town. They're doing a national ad campaign for the bourbon trail. So like other people are spending the money to get your people there. Like just take advantage of it. All right. Yeah. Bourbon's definitely big in Kentucky. I used to be quite into bourbon a, a yeah. few years ago, so I was quite a fan. Still am a fan, lesser extent now. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. I'm, you know, I'm into other stuff now. <laughs> Building businesses. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. Other things, AI. Oh yeah, my um, I like I make music poorly. Like I have a couple albums on Spotify, <laughs> but I oh, found I AI to remaster everything. They uh, like so I'm putting out a greatest hits. It's all been remastered by AI. It's going to be so much better. Like, it's so much better with the AI just messing with it. And it was like, I just did this one rainy Sunday morning. And it's like, all right, well, I'm going to be way more, like, proud of my efforts now. So I'm, I'm reissuing it. But, yeah. Um, yeah. But that's another thing. $1.80 last month in royalties. So, yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so Pay for that I made that music years ago. You're all about passive income, which is great. I mean, it really fits into the show. Plus, like, um, what? who was it? I really don't like him. Um, oh, not him. It's just something about him bugs me. Um, what's the guy? He wants to buy the Jets. Gary Vee. Like, I don't know why he bugs me a little bit. But, like, if he had tracked himself eating that dirt and stuff. So it's kind of cool, like, seeing my, how much my music has progressed and how much, like, gain, weight I've gained and lost throughout my whole life. Like, I got so fat and then so skinny and then right about where I'm at right now, you know. Uh, it's kind of fun to, like, just track it. Yeah. Just the journey. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. fun. It's funny you mention that. I think I've been, like, 165 to 170 for the longest time, ever since I started intermittent fasting, like in 2018 or something. I, I do that too, but I don't have your consistency. I would kill for that though. Cause like just being in the same, like I have like bins of like large, smalls and mediums. Cause I never know where I'm going to be. I just want to be consistent. Yeah. It's really nice. I never have to buy different clothes. Yeah. The dream. Cause I'm i I'm pretty frugal, but like not, not, but I don't deny myself experiences. That makes sense. So like, you know, like, our house is fine for what we want to do, but if we have kids, maybe we'll move. But like, you know, we still want to get out and like, you know, do cool stuff. Like we're getting married in, um, in Rome in September and it's, we're putting up the whole bridal party. Thank you. The whole bridal party for the cost of, um, uh, Derby for an Airbnb. It was like an apples to apples trade. And I was like, wow, to have that many days experience with close friends, be able to give that to them. It was really cool. And it was, it's just like investing and stuff allows you to have these, ancillary cool things like the song Wait, so you're paying their way what so you're paying their way i'm just no i'm just putting them up in a villa for like a week like they're okay, gonna have gotcha. to fly themselves out there uh, and it's it should be fun we just sent out invitations um but no it's cool and like um that same airbnb we let the band that we're dancing to like the well a song we're dancing to at our wedding we're friends with the band now we put them up in our airbnb um put leave some bourbon some craft beer at the house like now we're friends with them and it's like it's just kind of cool the ancillary benefits on all this stuff yeah being friends with musicians probably has its pluses well just the airbnbs are like facilitating all this cool stuff like what um a, a lake house we bought um was from the bass player steppenwolf born Ooh. to be wild that band yeah, yeah. oh yeah and we um we bird that we bought it for 149 um uh, sorry 149,500 we put 40 into it. It prays for 270. It should, you know, 
do somewhere between 80 to 100 this year. And we're all in 270 now. That's a killer deal. Yeah, I would take that all the time. Yeah. So how many Airbnbs have you, I guess, are in your portfolio right now? We have asking. Two, two up and running. Um, one we kind of bought in a B area. So like a lot of people were like kind of questioned it. It was the first one we bought. And um, we ended up being like figuring out, wow, if you have a good product, like people will come. And like we're, we ended up catering to all these like sub niches we had no idea about. But I think the trick with Airbnb is um, the sleeping as many people as possible. I mean, like, because it's, it's going to be economical. And then like for two families to be able to sleep in one place and the experience will be better too if you mm. set them up for a good experience. So if yep. you have like, you know, fun stuff for the kids to do, like, you know, video nice games, video games. Yeah, yeah. All that stuff. If you give them that like opportunity, like we, we always have, we have a hammock, we have like um, ping pong, beer pong for outside um, fire pit with a solo stove. Like we always hot tub, not all of our houses, but like some of them. Um, we should, well, we do the hot tubs on the lake houses because we want them to be like four seasons. Um, but like mm-hmm. our regular houses don't always have hot tubs. Uh, but we also go to permanent on our house and we have three currently being built out. So we we're kind of like in between six, like once we get refis back, we're going to look for a new family house for us that we're going to burr because all of our wealth came from my house hack. Essentially, um, I bought this house I'm in, uh, cheap like it'd been a rental for 10 years lived in it and slowly renovated it like and i'm not handy so it's like i made enough money renovate it then i got the heloc line of credit and then bought four or five airbnbs with that now i'm refinancing recasting and getting lines of credit recasting um, and then just kind of building that way multiplying your cash yeah yeah i mean just and it's somehow our heloc's a credit card rewards program so we're getting travel points every time we recast our HELOC over and over again. It's kind of crazy. Like It's a genius. Never, yeah, I don't know. I didn't know it was. It was a bonus. And they gave us a debit card. Like Most of them just give you a, 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 a checks. But ours came with a debit card. So it was way easier to um, stock up our Airbnb and everything. It made it was just a lot simpler. Yeah, so, a lot of those auxiliary benefits that... Yeah, who knew? And it's, yeah, yeah. so we've been very fortunate. And, but we're around all these people all the time so we can ask really good questions and get really good advice. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm very curious about the Airbnb space. I joined this group about a year and a half ago and one of the members um, was just crushing it in the Airbnb yeah. space, raising millions of dollars, implementing it into back into his firm, helping investors diversify into that. Um, but when I looked at the numbers, it looked like very, like I'm, of course, didn't have the eye towards nationwide numbers, but it seemed, seemed like a lot of activity. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. And so in the back of my head, I was like, is that with the recession perhaps looming if we're already into it? Like everyone has yeah. opinions, numbers say one thing, then they flip. Like what's the general sentiment out there for you? as we look at the perhaps oversaturation of Airbnbs in the market, but then how does that play into the local market that you're looking at? Yeah, sure. So we, um, we own locally here in Louisville and then we have um, two at Kentucky Lake and then one at Nolan Lake as well, which is like Mammoth Cave. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we have a really specific buy box, I guess, which is big. Like we sleep a ton. Like uh, that house we bought from um, the Steppenwolf bass player or whatever. 
Um, like we converted the garage to heating and cooling space. So we added finished square footage to the entire project. So it allowed us to force appreciation. So we only take on projects where we can force a ton of appreciation. So we can keep our mortgages low per month and get mm-hmm. lines of credit to tap into the, the other equity. But we don't want to make it so that way it's hard to cash flow on these Airbnbs. We don't live on any of the income we make from any of our investment properties. We just kind of roll it back into the HELOC and then it just we just keep paying and buying more stuff. Uh, so really, we just try to keep that moving. Um, but um, t- we insulate ourselves, though. Um, we don't buy anything um, uh, like in regards to like lake houses. Like we don't buy HOAs. We do not buy in gated communities anything with a maintenance fee. We don't want anyone to be able to like tell us how to control our properties. Fair. Not worth our time. Um, locally, um, we now I can't speak in absolutes, but like we because we have stuff that isn't this. Like we have stuff with permits. Um, but like we're now only buying commercially in easy and OR zone properties. Like, because then we don't have to worry about, you only have to register your Airbnb, you don't have to get permits. So then at that point, when you buy this way, you kind of are okay with any future legislation because that'll diminish supply and increase demand. Okay, that makes sense, yeah. But what's happening is all these small ones, in my opinion, I'm sure it's different for everyone, the small ones are all cannibalizing each other. And then the amount of work you have to do relative to the long term, it's not really making as much sense. So then you have this huge influx into the midterm section. And so midterms are really cool. I actually just had this idea a couple of days ago because, you know, I'm an idea guy. I was like, why don't we sell all of the nurses on traveling, being traveling nurses instead of regular nurses? And fun fact, uh, by 2025, 52% of all workers will be gig workers, which is also fascinating if you think about it. Um, but then we get them to be traveling nurses, and then we arbitrage their houses as owner-occupied Airbnbs. Yep. Yeah, and then you could call it nursing homes. So you could do the same thing with snowbirds, you know, whenever they're not <laughs> yeah, there. You could call them nursing homes. Yeah, nursing homes. But um, so I, I, I don't know. It's just something I texted about you. Um, because like you can create your own niche right there, right? Because getting them out of their own houses, because it, it's kind of a cool time to be a traveling nurse because they get paid so much money and they can go anywhere they want. So maybe you get paid a lot to be somewhere that sucks for like one month and then you do Hawaii for the next month. And like, you know, like you can kind of like, it's kind of like picking your class A, B, C, D property. If you can live class C for like, three months a year and live class A for the rest or B for the rest or whatever. I don't know. It's kind of neat being able to pick and choose Mm -hmm. a little bit. Yeah, I I agree. It will be definitely beneficial for them. I was kind of doing the same thing with this, my property, my condo in Boise. Um, I rented out to a traveling nurse as well. Who's doing that exact thing. Yeah. But I think what's happening though, so small Airbnbs are going to kind of oversaturate some of that stuff as well. Yeah. They're all cannibalizing each other. So I think for me, safety is sleeping a ton of people. Like you need to go big, create a big experience, and then that'll be enough. But if you go small, you're going to get small results. Yeah, it'll be less memorable as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have one that's small. Like we converted, like got it out of the flood zone. It was fire damage, had a squatter for a year, and um, we converted it from a one one to a three two, um, and it took forever for permits, but. Uh, that one, I just comped something for one of my clients. We, we're all in one 150. I just comped a 2-2 for a client a block and a half down the street at 340. 
So ours is probably going to be 350, 360, and we're going to be all in 150. And we're probably going to set money aside and get furniture. So we'll probably be all in 200. That means we'll have 150, 160 appreciation, just that one deal. I mean, just being able to tap into that equity for other deals, I mean, it compounds so fast. And if you're smart, if you know how to cast your money well, it's it's like, it's really fun. It's kind of like a game. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it is a game. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really listening to a lot of Alex Ramosi lately. I really dig Alex Ramosi. He seems he like to, a lot of bombs. Yeah. He's, he's clever, but... I don't know. I just try to read the news and just think, wow, how, what are some ways to take advantage of this economy? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not, a, I don't like the word taking advantage, but it's like playing your cards right. Well, sure. But if you can provide solutions to problems, like you so said, if you like, it's not, not, not necessarily like selling the shovels per se, but like, you know, if you can get somewhere first, like with a concept and idea that solves a problem, I mean, you just can yeah. kind of, institutionalized pretty quickly. Yeah. So it's kind of neat if you can talk to people and find more problems and just keep solving them, you know, and yeah. we're paid in proportion to the problems we solve, solve big problems. Yeah. Get paid more. The bigger yeah. the problem. Well, Mr. Beast or whatever. I, I really don't know much about this guy, but all he does is kind of solve problems or like create interesting content, solving problems. And he keeps on being able to solve bigger problems. It's kind of neat. I don't know. It's, it's a novel concept it is well that's how value is created at the same yeah. time like we always over i myself overcomplicate it way too much yeah yeah it's it's and it stinks because like i have gaps in my knowledge on a lot of stuff that like you could probably really fill me in like really quickly but it's really hard unless you talk enough with someone to figure out where our gaps are uh so yeah it's tough that's why connecting to people is so difficult but so worth it like in the long run because you know if you everyone's having the same problem if you can solve it you're solving a bunch of people's problems yeah exactly kind of what we're trying to do here on the show a little bit yeah um, super cool so, rob you had some really good ideas before we hit record um and one of those you were actually just talking about with um zoning and oh, yeah. different permits with the city um yeah. would you mind just like rehashing that a little bit yeah. for us Sure. So like um, I work with a bunch of wholesalers, like it's kind of like how I own that um, the Louisville network for like off market assignable contracts. Um, but like I know like what kind of concepts they're utilizing. So when like they teach me stuff, I can teach my other clients and then like all of us kind of rise up together. Like we all grow. Um, but one concept that the like, people that already own land and farmers, like you should go out and get your property rezoned like in now just start doing it because a lot of times they'll write you offers on stuff like set and scene whatever but it'd be contingent on zoning changes and once that zoning changes then it's worth like 4x what it was before so if you start the zoning change and you get that zoning variance now when you sell it or you know your kids inherit it whatever now you have a more of an asset like give something that can really move if they don't want to continue in the family or whatever so it's kind of a yeah. nice way to insulate yourself it's creating friction out for the next person, whoever mm -hmm. it may be, another and family member call. or another company. Yeah, it's just you call your attorney and get them to do it. They, I'm sure they'll appreciate the business. And you can refer them to a bunch of other people that might have the same interest. And maybe you can work your way in there by empowering your neighbors and your community. Yeah, now you become an asset to that entire niche. Yeah, local niche, yeah. Yeah. 
like re almost rezoning. I think a lot about that because, you know, you drive around and you see a lot of fields for various reasons. They're not being farmed. Like maybe they have too many rocks or the soil is just not great or there's runoff and what's in the runoff isn't great. And it's in the soil. So all of these issues and they're just sitting there, these plots, unusable plots. Well, that could have a purpose. Mm hmm. Yeah, so and it's just thinking outside the box on what what problem could this piece of property solve? Because it definitely can't go crops for various yeah. reasons. Well, think about this. There's it's kind of there's a theory that like um, with like the cars getting more full self driving, that cars will be able to move faster, like go at 100 miles per hour because they're all going to be like on the same system. So it'll be more efficient. So you can go faster. Um, so, but I've always thought like I have full self-driving on my Tesla, um, which we buy to, we could take hundred percent depreciation because it weighed 5,500 pounds. We got it for taxes, uh, but it's kind of f- cool to have. Um, uh, but with the full self-driving, I can look around a lot more. So is there more value in, in, in selling, uh, like billboard signage or is it a diminishing value because the speech could go up? I would say right now you would take advantage of the value, but a lot of that land, it's kind of neat. If you could throw out billboards or anything, there's, there's always like, I had a, I have a buddy an attorney friend whose brother created farmer's markets essentially. And like, basically just put like, put up one restroom, put lit parking lots, numbers on each lot, and then sold them over the weekend. It's, it's still a parking lot, but now he has an attendant he pays. Right. And then it made him a millionaire because he did this from here all the way to Florida. Oh. I mean, there's just money in anything. It's just like just um, finding inefficiencies in the market. So like on what waste can we, you know, make money on it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of cool. I, I, it's, it's kind of fun time to be alive. It's definitely a fun time to be alive. I think there's what there's always negative stuff. And the problem with reading the news, I mean, you read a lot of news. Yeah. Is what you were saying. So. And I try to as well, but it's so easy to get bogged down in the negative yep. stuff that, that's going on rather than seeing the positives that aren't being talked about because positive news just doesn't sell. Yeah, it's it gets depressing, especially, I mean, like in Louisville, we've had so many shootings and like I'm, I, like I'm worried about going out in public a little bit, just a little bit, you know, and it's like uh, it just seems like a risk, but like you kind of have to still keep going out. Um, but that's probably me just being a little bit oversensitive to it a little bit just because I read the news all the time. So I'm aware of that too. Um, but yeah, no, it's depressing, but there's tons of opportunities. Like imagine if you're on, imagine a company says they're moving their headquarters from Seattle to, um, Atlanta. Well, now you can go to LinkedIn, scrape all the data for all the corporate people at that company, then send them flyers saying, Hey, we want, we buy houses. And then, you know, they have a need, you can solve their problem, innovate it, whatever, and then resell. Like, I don't know, just reading the news, we should all be able to learn how to bring the shovels. I don't know. There's just yeah. a ton of opportunity out there. Oh, definitely. And a lot of even the public companies in their filings, you can search for recent expansions, um, yeah. new acquisitions. You know, it, it happens all the time. It's public information. And you can actually figure out like where public companies are investing in various markets. And like here we have like Micron um, building out. We have an Amazon warehouse. It just was built in Nampa. Like all these things, like people can get ahead of the curve 
and just build future needs based on oh, yeah. that already available data. Yeah, we, tr- we take advantage of it a lot here in our market. Um, and it's cool. I mean, like, in, you just have to be present, right? And talk to people. Because everybody's like, like, oh, I just found out I could do this. It's like, oh, I didn't know that. And it makes it easier for me and everyone I talk to for like the rest of their lives. So I don't know. There's so much value. Are you involved in your like local RIA or anything like that in Boise? Mm-hmm. I met a guy at uh, Race Fest, a builder. He's a big guy, beard. Um, and he's converting some of his like units to Airbnbs. But he would be a good guy to know. I don't remember his name, but. I'm sure he's okay, gonna- big guy with a beard. I will remember. I will he's search. Builder, and he builds like nicer, nicer, higher end properties. Okay, I'm gonna write that down. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was. I just. I was just looking at my notepad, and you know, I asked you about risk and kind of how you mitigate it. And the biggest takeaway I had from that was your buy box. Know your buy box. Know no. your numbers. Know the business. And never operate outside of those. No, and like, and we're willing to take some risks, but risks with our templated models. Like, you know, like the Bourbon Trail is still a risk because, like, what else goes on besides the Bourbon Trail? Not much. So, like, you have to hope people will come. But if you build the experience to cater to those corporate kind of stuff, there's just a lot of money there. But yeah, we uh, stick to your template and. Um, you know, don't be afraid to diversify though. Like go get some long-term burrs, like force appreciation. You're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Think about rezoning your land perhaps as well. Yeah. I think that could be big for a lot of people listening to this. So, well, cool, Rob. Um, Rob, what are you excited for in the future? Ooh, well, I told you before, I, uh, I'm excited about AI. Like sometimes I feel like I'm riding the wave and then sometimes I think I'm getting crushed by it because it's evolving so fast, but it's really exciting for me. And I've I've got an active brain. So I think like there's going to be a lot of opportunities for me to take advantage of it. As long as I'm aware of the way other people are taking advantage of it. So just staying aware of like what's, what tools are available so I can use them. So that's what I'm doing right now. I'm very excited about it. Um, But it's also like uh, there's some anxiety involved with it too. I, I read something where you could imagine like your DVDs for Netflix. They send you these glasses. You look around, you know, while you're in the house, send the glasses back. And then they send you a quote for everything wrong with the house, how much they think it'll cost. Now you don't need inspectors anymore. It doesn't even exist. So you just oh. kill off the whole industry right there. Hmm. So, I mean, like that's how, that's why, I just have this urgency in my life to build, keep building right now because I just don't want to get wiped out, you know, like in like, it's going to be less easy to make money, I think, or more easy depending on how you think. But I I think it will be harder, but I, if I can get there first, it can be really easy, I guess. I don't know. So, but try to buy assets because that's all that matters right now. It's just having assets because they're not going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. We don't know where AI is going. I get these ads all the time about the 20 new AI tools. Yeah, like I know. How many are there out there? It's like, do it's we even disgusting. have the brain power? But I have to keep my head on it because like, if what if one thing solves just one inefficiency in my business and I could just like have a larger reach or do better or more efficiency, efficiently connect to someone? Gosh, all I had to do... Like, Literally, this AI software that is going to let me redo like my music, it makes the song so much more palatable. Like you could hear it on the radio. Like I'm, I'm not that good, but like 
they made it like like where it doesn't hurt your ear because it gets a little loud in this part or whatever. It's so so much better. And that's it's kind of neat too because think about the creativity. Like it can take something shitty of mine and make it sound good. There's a lot of opportunity for people that maybe are missing just the gaps in these ideas and thoughts that they yeah. can like fill the gaps. And that's kind of neat. It's kind of exciting. Makes you wonder, well, you know how in chat GPT, you can basically teach the AI to learn your persona and then you can have it write things based on your persona. So yeah. what if you could teach it your persona and then have it write music and the bass being like, I don't know, whatever. Yeah soundtrack you bought and then remix it based on your persona i um i just did a really cool project with ai um where um my favorite band the national they're from like cincinnati and like new york um they have a new album coming out but it's not out yet and so i started writing songs just based on the track name and um i wrote a song and i was like what the fuck is this about because a lot of times i'll play and then i'll just hit record and then I had the AI interpret what my song was about. And I was like, of course, that's what it's about, which is kind of <laughs> neat. So it kind of, um, it, it's kind of like a weird, it's a weird interpretation of using AI, but like, there's just going to be all these neat collaborations that um, are exciting, but then there are going to be people that are nefarious with this stuff and there, we can't prepare ourselves and scare as hell, but be the optimistic type, right? Like take advantage of it in a good way. Yeah. Optimism abundance mindset like how can we use this without as a tool rather than a hindrance yeah yeah of course yeah that's great thank you rob um and then i know i don't want to run you out of time but uh what's the one thing you'd like to leave today i mean you've you've talked about a lot we've talked about airbnbs talked about how you're taking advantage of tools already happening in your local market um your public events that are happening, just being, having your ear to the ground, so to say, um, mitigating risk. We've talked about a lot of AI. Um, but really, I mean, with all of this, like you're a thinker, you're always thinking up brand new, like what's maybe one thing that we should be thinking about now and into the near, near future so we can set ourselves up for success. Well, I, I'm noticing like, obviously there's like less access to money. So there's a contrasting. So like a lot of people that were like doing fine, perhaps as like an agent or whatever are like, now it's like difficult and it's like mortgage lenders, right? They don't have the refis. And I'm seeing a lot of like piss poor effort out there on marketing. <laughs> like I'm just seeing a lot of like regular agents, like throwing up their like flipped houses that they may be listed. That was probably too high and like throwing it up in an investment group. And I keep on saying, well, what kind of investment is this? Are they offering seller financing and you didn't mention it or whatever? Because it's just like, okay, like this is for investors. Like, you know, like put it, like sell this to me as an investment or something. So I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think like people could sell themselves and the way to sell themselves better is just offer value and people need to learn how to offer value. So I offer value and so like I insulate my clients so much from risk. That like they don't, it would be silly to work with someone else, in my opinion. And I offer so much value and silly value because I can help lift them up and all these other things because I'm thinking all the time. Like if you told me one of your problems, like I'd probably stew on it and come to you with a few, like maybe solutions or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, I guess, just consider offering like, how's this adding value? Like, how do I provide more value? What's a special way I can provide value different than everyone else? You know, I think if we all thought like that, we'd have a better product. 
I agree. I was just talking with my friend about this and she does consulting. So we're thinking about like how complex does the business need to be? Like, do you offer 100 things because you have, your brain has definitely operated and provided value in these 100 things, or should it be tailored to one or two things? But would that satisfy you as a consultant or, or not? And then what if your clients need the other 20 things that you also know how to do? So I think, dude, I'm with you. Very interesting conversation. My, um, my massage therapist, I see a massage therapist every week. I'm half an inch taller since last year. We've been measuring year to year now. And um, I keep telling her. You're measuring your height, right? My height. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My height. Yeah. And I keep um, I keep telling her, it's like, well, you know, remember that weird thing you did to me, like with my face or whatever, like to like help relax my face or whatever, or like make it so I don't squint my eyes or whatever. I was like, well, I bet if you had listed that on a sign and said, oh, it's like $5 more, somebody would pay for it. But since they don't know you offer it, they can't pay you to do it. And it might not be that much extra work for her. I was like, you just need to lay out. And do you know what? She's coming to our wedding with her massage friend and giving us the <laughs> bridal party massages. Like, there you go. You know, and I, like, but she didn't have a price, right? And I didn't know it was a, an option because she didn't have it written anywhere. But now yeah. it is an option. And now we get this cool experience in Rome doing all this cool stuff. So it's a great lesson. You just got to think a little differently. and But like express your value. Express your value, be transparent, be confident that you can provide that value. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And you're doing that with a special cool niche for farmers. I love that. I think that's really dope. Yeah. We're sure trying. Rob, I appreciate the kind words and the value you've added today. I I love your perspective on life um, and business as well. So I I really appreciate you having on. So thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Have a wonderful day. All right. Thanks, Rob. Everyone else, we'll talk soon. See you guys. Bye.